Welcome to Stop Talking, Take Action, Get Results. Get the knowledge you need from Jen Duplessis with more than 35 years in business and as an entrepreneur and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Also, be sure to check out Jen's book, Launch, How to Take Your Business to New Heights. Available on Amazon. For a signed copy, contact Jen at jenduplessis.com. Now, here is national and international speaker and coach, Jen Duplessis. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Stop Talking, Take Action, Get Results with Jen Duplessis. I am so excited today because I had the wonderful pleasure of meeting uh, today's guest. Her name is Arwen Becker. And she's a retirement planning specialist. Um, and you're out in Seattle, right? How come yeah. I don't know that? Yeah, um, that's right. That's where we met. I don't know why I, I just assume that you are, right? Um, and Arwen, um, you know, she's an author. She's, uh, she's got a lot of really fun stuff going on. And I know she'll be telling us about that as well. But I met her when I, uh, we were both speaking at an event. And, you know, when I um, speak at events and I see someone who's just, you know, right up my alley and fantastic and, and particularly a woman, a professional woman who, you know, has her act together and, you know, is very successful. I want them to be on this show. You know, that's, that's what we're about, personal and professional growth. So, Arwen, I, I thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend a few minutes talking with me. Of course. So tell us about your practice and about your books and stuff. I know that you've got some really fun stuff coming up that I'm sure everybody would like to hear about what's going on with you today. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, so I own Becker Retirement Group, a financial planning firm out here in the Seattle area. I've got a couple of offices, um, multiple advisors, and really we focus um, very heavily on women's own, the women's only market, I guess. I, I certainly don't mm-hmm. use the word niche because women aren't a niche, you know what I'm saying? Right. So that's, that's specifically right. what we as a company, um, the majority of our outside marketing is women's only events because there's uh, a big need for direction and guidance in the area of finance, really, I mean, across the board, but especially to women. And, you know, as I look back uh, just in my history, you know, I, I grew up in a family where my, my dad and my stepdad couldn't provide for our family financially. And so my mom found a way to handle it. And I think that that just tends to be a very common thread. I see moms all across the board that are just willing to sacrifice and just get scrappy and do whatever's necessary to take care of their family. And that's what my mom did. She worked a job she hated as a lunch lady at my rival junior high just so we'd be able to have clothes. I started seventh grade with handmade clothes, and I just hated that feeling. Um, and so by the time I had got into high school, I had decided I was going to fix my financial issues by finding a really nice boy. <laughs> that was the plan. <laughs> Isn't that a terrible plan? But that's the plan. And I rely on for. him. Right. That, isn't that the Mrs. Degree? Right. Yeah, the right. MRS exactly. Degree. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's that's the 15-year-old plan that I devised and went ahead with, and we dated throughout high school. He was going to the University of Washington, and I actually had full-ride scholarship offers to play volleyball at University of South Florida and Colorado State. And so I openly declared to my mom and my coaches that I was going to the University of Washington, and that meant I gave up my scholarships to do that. And so, of course, they were extraordinarily disappointed, but four years later, I was the first of my friends to get married and to buy a home and to get to travel. I'd been on one family vacation my whole life growing up. It was a week in the Oregon coast when I was in sixth grade. So I was like, I had arrived. You know, I just had my big financial plan. It was working. (laughs) And in early 2000, I was the first of my friends to get divorced. 
because I kind of saw it as his money, not as my money, not as our money. Mm. And mm -hmm. so I was 24 years old, divorced, and now I had to get what everybody called kind of a quote-unquote real job because I have a Bachelor of Science in Zoology. <laughs> so were you then, working when you were married? Were you I working was, when you were married? yeah. I actually, I was So you, and you my, still thought it was his money? Oh, absolutely, because the work I was doing, yeah. I ran the second largest wildlife rehabilitation center in the state. And so I had 110 people under my care, volunteers, I guess, under my direction every week. I had 150 to 300 animals a day under my care. I managed media. I did charity events. But um, it just it still didn't pay the bills. I mean, I was receiving a stipend. And so really yeah. it was my, my spouse was the one who was really generating the income. And so here I was now divorced, and I needed to – really find a way to start paying the bills because I hadn't really had to do that before. And so right. now it's kind of this big wake-up call. I uh, had a girlfriend who met a guy in a coffee shop. They exchanged some business cards, and he said, do you know of anybody who might be looking for a job? And so she connected the two of us. And 19 years ago, that was the only job interview that I went on, and that man became my business mentor, my business partner, eventually my husband, and the father of our three boys, Randy, the guy I'm married to now. So you never know how things go. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. And that's such a great story. And I remember you sharing that story, too, especially with working with the animals and stuff. Yeah. It was, it was really good. So, so um, yeah, so, you know, so you were compelled because you saw what your mom went through and, you know, and said, okay, this is not going to happen to me. And, of course, you didn't think, you thought you had it solved as a young teenager, but then ultimately said, okay, it's got to be, it has to happen a different way. Right. And so, so now you're helping other women realize that, too, because one of the things that we both know is, you know, the divorce rate's 58% now nationally. It's even yep. higher. Um, and so many women take a back seat to finance and let the sure. husband take care of everything. And I, and I'm going to admit, you know, that my husband does take care of our household, but I'm the one who takes care of our business. So I'm not for lacking in knowledge. Right. Right. But I just can't do both. Right. And yeah. oh, right. I'm thinking, why aren't you doing some of this, man? How come I have to do it? Right. <laughs> so there's a little bit of a role reversal there. Sure. But yeah. So he takes care of the household and I take care of everything else and we make all the other decisions together. So, you know, when we fast forward now, um, you know, your inspiration is really helping women, um, you know, find themselves, own, own that up. So, so tell us a little bit about how you operate your practice. You know, are there specific areas that you work in about education first and then investing? I mean, how, how does that kind of work so that the listeners can have an idea of what it's like to work with you, but then also what it's like to work with a financial planner who, who really understands that there's a process? Right, right, exactly. So, you know, our, so our company is really focused on the 50 and above, people who are nearing retirement, maybe 10 years out and then all the way beyond until they're in their 90s and beyond that, possibly. Um, and so it's funny because you said something about this, um, you know, about you being involved in kind of this little bit of role reversal, but I hear it so often that, that a lot of people are surprised that in this day and age when you have a woman like you or like me that, you know, they're, they're successful and they're, they're competent and they're confident and they have all these things, how, how people are like, how could that be that there's still a, such a tremendous disconnect across the board as it is in the area of finance. And the reason yeah. is because most mm -hmm. women, if you have children, you only have so much time. And so a woman naturally gravitates towards helping out with more of the operational piece, even if they're both working to get, you know, right. they're both working separate, mm -hmm. you know, jobs and maybe she makes more than he does, whatever. 
but oftentimes there's only so much time so it's easy to naturally say well you know men tip typically the way their brains work are a little more mathematically driven and are okay about handling the finances where she handles more of the kids so there tends to be still this very significant disconnect and you mentioned about the divorce rate so now the highest divorce rate is what is what's called gray divorce people have been married yes. longer than 25 years and so you yeah. have a woman who comes in married 33 years she didn't really have a good handle on what was going on with her finances so she usually has a leg down one once at, at the time of divorce he naturally on average makes more money the following year and she goes backwards and so you know yeah. there's just there's a lot of um, just a it's, it's really changing the industry how the industry thinks which of course is a challenge because in my industry in financial planning it's 85 to 90 percent men so of course it's a very right. masculine language and naturally men gravitate and communicate in the way that they communicate whereas for me as an owner of a company and really the the face and voice that does 38 you know speaking engagements just for our company throughout the year um, for me to be able to speak a feminine language that connects that internal yeah. piece the value to how you need to get this handled you need to understand what's going on um, and this is really for for couples I mean of course if you're a single you're the one who's handling and you still should know what's going on but especially for couples um, making sure that there is a an understanding of what we have and where it's at um, just some of this really simple basics um, so because the likelihood I mean 80% of men die married and 80% of women yeah. die single and so I always say yeah. you're gonna probably be the last woman standing and so right. you better get a handle right. on what's going on with your finances and so that's really mm -hmm. honestly the first place to start Jen is that people just need right. to they need to know what they have I mean just that yeah, and simple I, act of knowing what you have yeah and I think that you know you bring up a really good point too just in the terminology because you know having been raised in a in the mortgage business which was heavily men still is you know men to a certain extent but it was heavily 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 men I mean I I definitely paved the path for a lot of pe a lot of women in mortgage in the mortgage space and you know that terminology and that um, that coarseness and sort of the armor that we wear you know that that I know I wear I still wear a lot of armor because I, I had to I was raised that way Sure. Literally, I got in the business when I was 19, so yeah. <laughs> I was raised that way. Um, and I think I think the simple fact that you're saying let's just understand what we have versus let's look at your portfolio snapshot. Yeah, no, because that uh, doesn't no. resonate, uh, right? Right, that yeah. doesn't resonate with someone who doesn't who doesn't have that financial mind. And you know, I think the other thing too is it's a limiting belief for women. I mean, me, for me, I'm an architect and en engineer. That's my that's my degree. Mm -hmm. By the way, from CSU. So, um, you know, it, yeah, from Colorado State. So, um, so for me, you know, this is not a limiting belief. Math is not a limiting belief. Understanding right. how money works and flows is not a limiting belief. But if you believe that that's the thing, you know what? Women just aren't good at math, and I'm just not good at math. Then that's where the root of the problem starts. Yeah, right there. And so it's that disengagement as a married person. And then even after, because I've done so many divorce, you know, I'm a certified or was a certified divorce lending specialist. You know, they just, even after their divorce, they just don't want anything to do with it. And of right. course the man's like, okay, how can I connive my way? And sorry, men, but I've seen it more, mostly with men than women. And just because of the dynamics, it's not because women aren't bad and they take money too. I've seen it, but I see it more often with the men is that they say, you know, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, 
split up our assets based on the emotional thing here. So I'll take my 401k, my retirement plan, and you have the house with the kids. Right. And so she takes the house with the kids because it's the emotional attachment, but it's the short end of the straw, and right. she doesn't know that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're totally right. And I say ignorance doesn't pay the bills. Because it doesn't. You can, yeah. you can bury your head in the sand, but it's going to come rushing at you one of these days. And, you know, unfortunately, the 73% of couples disagree on whether or not they have an income plan created. Like, how, how am I going to pay my bills month after month all the way throughout retirement? So if 73% disagree on whether or not they even have that, um, yeah. chances are when it really matters, when we need to see if the plan works, the man has already died. And so the woman yeah. now left, I mean, 70% of widows collecting social security live below the poverty line. And majority of them didn't yeah. when they were married, when their husbands were alive. And so a lot right. of this just, again, comes back to planning. You know, if you're in your, you know, your twenties and thirties and forties and you're accumulating, it's good to know where things are and certainly have, you know, utilizing your company plan and start to build those assets. And, you know, that part is fantastic. But when you start to, approach into your late 40s and into your 50s you need to know where your money's at and then how is this actually going to function between you know my future social security maybe i'll be fortunate enough to have a pension which is basically going the way of the dodo birds so we're not going to have many of those left right, right? but right. how is all of or this some investment function? properties yeah right yeah exactly so my rental income that i have my you know maybe some part-time mm -hmm. wages my social security my pension how does that overlay with my expenses and then the assets that I have to function in a plan that says, this is not only how much income I'm going to be able to generate when I'm retired, but this is what's going to happen if my spouse were to die prematurely or if I needed mm -hmm. care or worse yet, he needed care and he drained right. the assets and passes away. Social security. Yeah. And then what is she left with? And so that's right. what it comes right. back to getting a really clear understanding of of what you have. I always say it's like the directory at the mall. You know, if you're going in to see the sunglass hut, you look, you, know, you look, okay, accessories, you find sunglass hut, you find it on the map, and you don't just start wandering around. You have to figure out first, right. where the heck am I? And yeah, where's then, the red dot? Yeah, where's the red dot? Mm -hmm. You are here. Figure yeah. that out. And that's where I mm -hmm. see a lot of women just stopping from that because they're afraid that they might find something that scares them. And 95% of the time, it's better than than people assume because that's the benefit of yeah. retirement planning, you know, being an expert in what it is that you do, Jen, same thing. I see things from a perspective of a lot more of the little intricacies that make things look a lot better than maybe just the surface of, you know, a handful of assets and, you know, what might be coming in down the road, whatever that might be. So people really need right. to, to, to get that handled, know where your stuff is. Right. So let me ask you a question. Where is the where is the the percentage now of the average woman is widowed at what age? Fifty nine. Fifty nine. So so we're living a little bit longer because several years ago it was fifty two. And because um, I remember this specifically because this is when my husband and I decided to get long term or short term and long term health care because um, he's diabetic and mm. he had just had a three heart attack and we couldn't get a, a preferred joint plan. I was preferred. But he wasn't preferred. He was denied mm -hmm. because of his uh, diabetes. And we, so yeah. we had to work on that. And eventually he got it. But now we don't have that combined plan that we could, you know, drip off of each other for the first person who goes into, you know, any short-term care. Um, 
you know, and I think that the important thing here, too, is, I mean, on the very low level, because um, sometimes I, I tend to talk like I'm in an elementary school sometimes, I'm very, very educated, I just like talk like I'm in elementary school, <laughs> is that just buying a life insurance policy, is the assumption for life insurance policy is that you, and this is what my dad always told me, is he goes, you know, I never want to wear out. I want, I never want to rust out. I want to wear out. Yeah. And so what he meant by that was, you know, I just want this one day I want to just, you know, pass away. I don't want to rust out. And yeah. I think that we all hope that we can just wear out. And thankfully he did. And he had a life insurance policy and that's great. Took care of everything. But most of us are going to rust out. And especially in the United States, you know, if you've ever read um, National Geographic's um, The Five Blue Zones, um, you know, the people who live to be centurions, 100 yeah. years old, yeah. um, you know, is that most of them uh, wear out. They yeah. die. They die at 103, you know, having sex, if you can believe yeah. that in Japan. Right. right. But Americans, we rust out with cancer. We rust out with overweight, with obesity. Yeah. We, we rust out. And so there's never a plan for rusting out. There's right. always a plan through your work. And that's, it, sometimes that's where it stops, unfortunately, yeah. through your work that, okay, if I wear out, I'm going to be covered. So I think it's really important that you're walking people through this and, and saying, look at, you know, I love your analogy of the ball. I absolutely love that because that's, you know, we're not going to stop right here. It's sort of like looking at a sign that says success this way and mm -hmm. you don't ever leave the sign. Right. You stand there and right. Go, oh, it's that right. way, but I'm not going there. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. You know, so there's a, I, I don't know if you've heard that saying mm -hmm. that um, people spend their wealth, they'd spend their, their health trying to gain wealth and then they try and spend their wealth trying to regain their health. And, yeah. you know, as a, as a mom and a wife and an entrepreneur and business owner, as a friend, mm -hmm. as, you know, all of Stressed these out, burnout. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that I mean, you know, I had a, a couple um, that came in, they were referred to us by some clients of ours that worked for Boeing and they were um, at this time, Boeing's wanting to get out of the pension business. So they're offering pension lump sums. People can take that. And so well, our client said, Hey, you know, you should go in and talk to my financial advisor. So this couple came in, she was 78. She was a little older than he was. And he was 71. She was vibrant, you know, healthy. She'd been retired now for 10, more than 10 years, I think. And she was waiting for him to retire from Boeing. So Boeing finally is going, okay, we'd like you to leave. That's basically what they did. Right. And, right. So he, and you're he, 71. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he yeah. um, has this great pension um, and this, this Boeing VIP, that's their company plan. And he comes into our office and, you know, at this point has nearly $2 million thanks to Boeing from his pension and, and on the 42 years he put into it, but the man could barely walk. And I just, yeah. it, my heart sank when he I saw him leave. traded his health for the wealth. Yeah. When yeah. I saw him leave that day, mm -hmm. it just was, the instant thought I had was, was Boeing worth it? Was it worth your yeah. life? And he just died a yeah. month ago. They had less than two years of retirement. And right. yet, yeah, you know, people see? do it all the yeah. time. I know. And, that, you know, we know, and, and I don't know if you know, but, you know, the Apollo 13, you know, when it, when it had all the debacle up in the, the sky. And all of those scientists that were put in that room and said, okay, you have to make this, this box out of all this stuff that we have that they have up there, right? right. All those guys that did that. Within two years, I believe all but three of them were dead. Wow. Because the stress, so you should read it. It's, it's pretty cool. The stress of that whole situation yeah. forced them all to retire and then 
boom, yeah. no purpose, yeah. no right. life, no anything. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. So, you know, and I just love that you're talking about this and, you know, listen, if you're a woman listening, you, you need to, you know, put your big girl panties on. As we were just talking about, yeah. put your big girl panties on and go talk to a financial planner. And if you're a guy and you're listening and you have a significant other, a sister, a mom who's in this situation, it's super, super important that, that they start talking to people about this now rather than later. It's too much to take on. My, yeah. my dad passed away quickly and my mother was just beside herself. And so yep. thankfully, and even, it was even hard for me because being in financial, finance to deal with everything. It was sure. still very hard because there's no roadmap for, you know, when someone dies and, and what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so what's going, so I love that your, your practice is, you know, built around that. So what is going on with you? What else is going on with you right now? Cause I know you, you just wrote a book and um, you're, well, you're in the middle of finishing up a book, but you wrote yep. a book with, with um, Stephen or. Uh, yeah. So I, I, so I wrote a book is with Stephen, Jeanette Majalia. Yeah. So she's, she specifically focuses on yeah. women in finance down in Florida and then David Bach and I, so nine-time New David, York Times best-selling yeah. author. Yeah, so I was real fortunate in that um, I was asked as one of four female financial advisors nationwide to recraft the Smart Women, Smart Retirement. It's based on his best-selling book, Smart Women, yeah, Finish Smart Rich. Smart Women, Finish First. Yep, yeah, Smart Women, yeah. Finish Rich. It came out in 99. Mm-hmm. He did the, um, it was a relaunch in 2018. And um, mm-hmm. actually, I'm doing, I'm in the last, City on his 10 city book tour for his next book, which is called The Latte Factor. Um, and yep. it's actually the number one and number two on Amazon right now. And it hasn't even, it's May, May 7th is when the book actually comes out. But, um, but he was really, I mean, he has for 26 of his 27 years focused on women's events because he saw the same type of um, issues when he was working with his dad that a lot of, a lot of women just really didn't have a good handle on their finances. And so what he decided to do this, this round was allow four women to craft the seminar versus him doing it. And so we got yeah. to come together in mm-hmm. New York and get locked in a room for a few days and craft this seminar in a way that really speaks to the heart of a woman. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's just, it's, I, I couldn't even begin to express to you how rewarding it is because yes, uh, you know, I do events because, you know, we, we generate clients, potential clients from that, but that's what it started out in the beginning. And now it's just become a mission. And occasionally I get clients out of it, but that's not what matters to me. It's educating this generation that can educate, you know, their kids and their grandkids to have a handle on what is going on financially with them because we're not being taught that in school and we're finding ourselves yeah. floundering in our twenties and thirties and we're not saving enough money and we don't know what we're supposed to be doing and we can't buy a house and you know, all these things that a lot of um, millennials are facing um, and then just things are different for them too, but still being able to get educated. So, um, so that's been just such a, a huge, huge piece for me. I mean, I had an event, Oh gosh, it was two nights ago. I had one last night, but I had the, the night before, this is the most interesting thing. I think you could poll every single person on the planet and these, these, this word would never have come up to describe a financial planning seminar. The woman said I was widowed um, not too long ago and I only came because it said women's only. And that happens about 25% of my attendees get these all the time. But the only reason they come to mind is because it's women's only. Women but only. She said, um, she said, you know, my kids, are successful. I, I'm very proud as a mom, but none of them live near me and I don't get my seven hugs a day anymore. And she said, tonight 
I felt like I got hugged. I felt pampered. Oh my gosh. Is that not the sweetest yeah. thing? Who would ever use the word pamper yeah. to talk about a financial seminar? Right, right. But that's that when you're connecting with enough. the core of people. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, that, that's, that's really that's what it is. Great. Yeah. And so when, you know, yeah. any of you who are listening, when you're thinking about your life as it relates to your finances, it's about getting to the core value. Because when you have your value established, making financial decisions becomes really easy. And this is where where couples really get themselves in trouble. And like you were talking about the divorce rate. Well, the majority of the reasons why people get divorced is because of money. It's money. And mm-hmm. so... Um, when you ask women, you know, what does money mean to you? They'll tell you financial security. They'll tell you freedom. They'll tell you choices. They'll tell you um, not having to be a burden on my kids. Those are all values. They're intangible. That is the core of who women are and how we're typically wired. Mm-hmm. You ask men the exact same mm-hmm. question because I give these events all the time, and it happens absolutely hands down every time. You get travel, Both. golf, you know, second home, <laughs> RV, yep, women, beer, whatever. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Monetary. All monetary yep. stuff. And it's yep. not bad. Yeah. It's just that men are, they're, they're raised goal oriented and that's a goal, but it's tangible. And so if you're married yeah. and financial security for you is like that deep rooted goal, I, ju- I mean, deep rooted value. I just don't want to be a burden on my kids. And yet your spouse is buying an RV and then he's getting those ATVs and he's taking out a loan for that. And it's threatening your security you can see why people get divorced over money all the time because it's not aligned. Right. And yeah. so it's really yeah. important to, to get that aligned, but even for, you know, single gals to really get to the heart of what matters to you, because then when you look at making decisions, you'll say, yeah, that doesn't really fall in line with my desire to have financial security, to be in control, to, you know, to be, you know, you know, some of these things, not be a burden on my kids or whatever that might be. So that part's right. got to get, it's just got to get connected. And that's really the big part of my focus is helping people get to the root um, of what truly matters to them. And then the financial planning mm-hmm. piece that, you know, that's built around it. It's much clearer. Yeah, it's much yeah. more clear and succinct. It's funny that you say that because, you know, you know, as I'm speaking around the country, I mean, my, my point of view is that a life with values adds value. Yeah. When you have values and you're aware of them and you align yourself with them, same exact words you're using, it gives you more value in your life. It could be more better relationships. It could be better, right. more money, right? Yep. It could be a better career. Yep. Um, there's a lot of better health, but it's all aligning those core values and really recognizing that, you know, if, if I truly say that, that one of my core values is my family, then why are you working till 11 o'clock at night? Exactly. Right. And that's just one example. So that's exactly what I talk about. That's so cool. Okay. So, um, so the book is, um, so you just helped him rewrite, rewrite uh, smart women finish rich. So if you're listening and you have people in your life, this is a great book. And by the way, I think I mentioned to you when I met you, um, the automatic millionaire is what David, you know, put out first. And I read that years and years ago. Um, and that in tandem with, um, with Dave Ramsey. I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan. Yeah. I'm a little bit beyond that now because, but, you know, it's a great place to start. It's, and sure. I sent my kids through it. Yeah. Um, my kids all went through it before they got married. But each of my kids, and I have two. They're 32 and 31 now. They're both married, very, very successful, um, all that. But, well, my daughter is getting married. But they are, um, when they turned 18, I gave, I gave my son the automatic millionaire, and mm-hmm. I gave my daughter, uh, she turned 18 in 20, 20, 2006, I gave her, um, uh, uh, oh my gosh, women, I just, I just lost the name of it. What's the name of the book? Oh, Smart Women Finish Rich? Smart Women, Smart. Yeah. <laughs> smart Women Finish Rich. 
I gave her that book and I gave them both $250 American Express gift cards. And I said, okay, so here's the deal. You're 18. Blow it or save it. Mm-hmm. Consume it or conserve it. Yeah. You know, what are you guys going to do? And both of them put the money in the bank. And, you know, I mean, they're both doing very, very well. In fact, I just then the last couple of days with my grandkids babysitting them um, while my son and daughter-in-law went and looked at a property on the beach to buy. And um, my four-year-old soon to be, well, no, she just turned five, five-year-old granddaughter in her piggy bank. She has a hundred dollar bill and she has about six $20 bills. And mm-hmm. that's all her savings, awesome. all her savings. All of it. She's Love so it. funny. We went to we went to Claire's, you know, that cute little store. Yeah. Went to Claire's. She said, I really want to go to Claire's, Dom. And I said, okay, well, how much money are you going to take? She goes, well, what I want to get is $12. So I'm going to bring $12. Mm. I said, okay, that's nice. She's five. Yeah. And I thought, well, you know, grandma's here. Dama's here. I'm going to spoil her, so I don't care. And yeah. she's like, no, I don't want anything else, Dama. That's fine. And she needed a couple pennies for tax. She didn't consider that. She literally <laughs> went there to get she the one five. <laughs> <laughs> right. But she literally went there to get that one thing that was yeah. $12 that she has been eyeing for a while. And, yeah. you know, the kids are teaching about patience, about yeah. the patience of not having things, you know, Delayed right now. gratification. Right. That's exactly it. And the, you know, consuming versus um, uh, conserving. conserving. So I think yeah. that's absolutely wonderful. And you okay, know what? And the I other mean, book that he, yeah, yeah I was just going to say going a step further. I, I mean, it, this might be even surprising to a lot of people. I'd even say this, but you know, if she is that diligent about saving her money, it would be great to open up a little online Vanguard or a fidelity account that she can actually deposit some of that money and having it invested and growing. Cause I mean, yeah, my 11 year old has a fidelity account and 25 bucks a month comes out of his savings yeah. and it goes in there. And it's invested. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's just starting account. those yeah. little habits early for young kids, you know, twenties, automatic millionaire is really great for that. Cause it does speak so much to what's the difference between starting to save at 15 versus 19 versus 28. It doesn't seem like that much yeah. difference in years, but when you see it on paper, how much oh that, my one, yeah. that one decade of compound interest does is just absolutely astronomical. Absolutely. Well, and that's why I give it to him. And now it's my go-to gift for graduates that's every single awesome. time. My go-to gift. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so one of the other things that we want to talk about, and so we've talked about the women and we talked about, you know, retirement and whatnot is that because a lot of my listeners are also mortgage people, I just wanted to chat with you just briefly and then we'll finish up our time today is, um, about the, you know, the relationship between, um, lenders and financial planners. And as you and I were speaking, you know, before we started the recording, um, you had mentioned, you know, gosh, I really don't have a lot of interaction with loan officers, which, you know, loan officers, if you're listening, um, this is the issue. This is the issue I found for years and years in my practice is that most financial planners are not being approached by loan officers um, about strategizing together to help one another, you know, grow their businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, and so knowing that, you know, we sort of pre-framed this beforehand and maybe speak to this a little bit about what, you know, if a loan officer were to approach you, and this is new for you as well, yeah, because we talked about, you know, for a loan officer to be the the mortgage extension of your practice, and then you to be the, you know, financial advising um, or the asset management um, arm of their practice mm-hmm. as well. As loan officers, they're able to see um, applications and see where people, you know, have have three kids and no money in the bank, sure, right? Then they're and you know, oh, we're just going to get student loans and. You know, but then the parents are 45 and they're about ready to go to retirement. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> pretend yeah. retirement or, 
or have a, you know, instead of downsizing their house, they're going to downsize their income because they're going to get, you know, burn out at their job and not be able to get the best job afterwards. So we see all this in the debt, the accumulation of debt and the credit and everything. It's a great segue into bringing up that conversation and bridging a conversation with clients that says, you know, look at, as I'm looking at this, I, I manage mortgages. I, I make sure that I talk to people about their, how are we going to get in the house? What's it going to look like while you're owning the house so that we can get a will and a medical directive if we need to eventually um, get you with a financial planner or get you with a financial planner first, right? Mm -hmm. And then what your exit strategy is. So as it relates to that, what would be something that a loan officer, if they were to approach you and say, hey, you know, I'd like to have a strategic partnership with you where we can help each other's businesses grow together. Yeah. What are some of the value propositions that a loan officer should bring to you and maybe some of the tactical things you could do together? Well, I think, you know, I think it really starts with a mindset. I mean, you know, because we're not a transactional business. So if, you know, if this is some, you know, somebody who kind of sees their business more as transactional and less relational, yeah. it probably wouldn't be a good mm -hmm. fit because, right. you know, about 40% of our revenue annually comes from just continuing to love on our current clients. And so anything that can be done to um, further add to the stickiness of integrating somebody into our family, our, you know, client family, that would be something like, uh, you know, we do lunch and learns. We do those uh, monthly where we have, mm -hmm. it's just, it doesn't, you know, it's, we're paying for lunch. There's, you know, we're, we're not expecting any appointments out of it or anything. It's just an educational connection piece. And I think being able to educate your clients on how these pieces can work together, because, you know, we have a great relationship with a tax attorney that, you know, tax and estate attorney uh -huh. that handles whenever right. our clients say, I need to update my will or I need a trust and I've got these rentals and I need to put it in there. And then our CPA that works for us full time too. She's, of course, a great source because she sees all that, you know, a lot of that stuff too. So she knows when they've got a lot of dividends and, you know, or what are the things might, they might need some planning on. And so I, you know, it's, it's being able to fully grasp that you're doing it, not you're, you're doing it with the right intention from the beginning right. that I'm trying yeah. to educate my clients in a way that is mm -hmm. going to benefit them. And then sometimes I might receive a financial benefit because of that. Because this is what we say. I mean, I, I say I have one job to do. I say it at my seminar. I say it with every first appointment. My only job I have today is to leave you better than when you came in. And if you, to the yeah. core of who you are, you believe that, then you're not approaching mm -hmm. it of this is my next sale or I didn't get it. And because, of course, you know that comes across. When you're hungry. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, when you're gosh. hungry, like things don't tend to floor. go well. Right. Well, and that's, and, and I think that that's it, you know, exactly. It. And I think, you know, in any business, you know, if you're listening in any business that you're in, and this is something I'm speaking about nationally as well, is that, that um, if you are neglecting and not nurturing your past clients, your database and your referral partners, right. you know, so if you were my referral partner, if I'm neglecting you, but, but, and not nurturing you, then how can I possibly expect to get any repeat business from you or referrals from you? So I would say if you're neglecting and not nurturing your current database, you should not be approaching financial planners, Right. period, because yep. you are transactional. Yep. And until you make that mind shift and that, that shift in your business and the skill set of going back to your clients and learning how to nurture them and, and love on them, as you say, and making sure the love meter stays high, right? Right. There is no need for you to go talk to a financial planner because it's not about transactions. And, and yeah. this is, you know, this was the foundation of my practice for, for 25 years. 
Yeah, and thirty-three percent of my business came from this. Yeah, and if you think about it this way, I mean, you know, mortgage just like in our industry with finance, you know, you think that I retire somebody and I get their 401k and we roll that into an IRA and then they come in and they've got some of these other assets and we take that Edward Jones account and we open a Fidelity account, whatever it might be. There's just a lot of assumptions and I'm sure the same occurs in, in the mortgage industry where it's kind of like, well, I got all the assets. So I might as well just go on to the next thing. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's just not the case, but yet you're not, it's not like a convenience store. It's not happening all the time. You're not going grocery shopping. So it's not, you have to be willing to play the, play the long game, I guess, and see yeah. it from a yeah, much marathon. longer perspective. You know, it's yeah. not, it's and, and not you know, it isn't a sprint. Right. And it's, and it is like, you know, we can use all kinds of analogies, you know, like going to the dentist, you know, it's important that you get the annual checkup and you know, that's what I do used to do is annual reviews, right? Making yep. sure that we're still on track in that holding strategy so you can get out, you know, in the exit strategy that you want. And if we need to bring in other um, uh, professionals like a financial planner or an attorney right. or CPA or, or whatever, we bring, we bring them in. So it's like going to your dentist, you go to the same dentist for years and years and years, and you're just getting that, that checkup. And one of the worst things in the world, and I, I personally have experienced it and am experiencing it, the long-term disability that I mentioned, mm -hmm. um, you know, that my husband and I got, uh, you know, I got it, and I've heard Heidner hair in probably six years from them. And, well, wait a right. minute. Take it back. I get a canned card, birthday card. They come from a home no office. Phone call. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Right. And yeah. so I get the canned birthday card. I never get a phone call. I never get anything else except set it. They believe in set it and forget it. And I get it for the automatic millionaire, but I'm not talking about this for a relationship right. with my retirement person, my life insurance person. Right. And um, so make sure that if, you know, whatever business you're in, when you're aligning yourself with other people, if you're transactional, then align yourself with someone who's transactional. If you're not, don't try to, don't try to create friction by, you know, uh, aligning yourself incorrectly, you know, right. or not correctly right. aligning yourself, I guess would be the best way yeah. to say. Yeah. It doesn't matter what business you're in. And making sure yeah. that you're, that you're approaching it with a long-term view, you know, what kind of value mm -hmm. What kind of value can I provide to my clients? Again, not what do I expect mm -hmm. to receive, but approaching right. it. You know, if somebody came to me and said, I really want to add value to my current clients mm -hmm. and I've, you know, heard you speak or I've come to one of your events. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had a couple of people who have approached me um, that are involved in reverse mortgages. And right. so I had a gal sit down and she just said, I just want to share with you a little bit and, and you know, I, approaching it that way, of course, is non-threatening because when you feel like somebody's just mm -hmm. coming in to take from you, it's like, oh, great. So I'm just going to be doing, I'm going to workhorse for you. And then you just get the benefit from my client base. Right. Um, but yeah, if you're and that's definitely it, the wrong mindset. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Approaching it from that perspective of, I want to add value to my clients. How can I mm -hmm. do that in partnering with you? Because your values align with my values as, as an individual or as a company and how we see and serve people and, um, and I think approaching it from that way is absolutely fantastic. Yep. I preach this all the time. Go back to all my podcasts. You guys will hear me preaching this all the time. <laughs> is, you know, having the great meetings and, you know, making sure that you're not going in and saying they either like me or they don't, and then I'm going to move on. But rather, you know, they may like me, they may not like me, but the third part of that is, do I like them? Do they align with my values? Do they align with my practice? Or I'm just trying to shove this, we're pegging this round hole and right. you're not going to get the results that you want. And nope. 
So super, super important. Well, gosh, it's been a pleasure um, talking to you today, Arwen. And, you know, I wanted to know um, one last question. I always ask everybody, you know, what book are you reading? But I already know. And I know you're writing one, so we don't we know what you write. Um, do you have a favorite quote or mantra that you live by? And I know you do some morning things that are, you know, affirmations and whatnot that really help you get started in your day. So is there anything that you'd like to share with anyone that's around either of those two? Well, I, the, my, the mantra that I live by is she believed she could, so she did. And, um, you know, awesome. you would, yeah, so, you know, I, I'm just a big proponent of consistent effort. That is all my success from throughout my entire life, whatever area it's been in. It's just kind of been this, this mindset that I will work anybody under the table if I have enough time to be able to put into it because that, I mean, that's what separates most of us. Most people just aren't willing to put in that, that degree of practice. They want it to come easily, and I'm not afraid of it being really hard and taking a long time. If somebody just tells me it's going to work if I do it long enough, you know, but uh, yeah. yeah, I guess I would just, you know, because so many of the people that you said, you know, listening, they're business owners, they're, you know, parents, mm-hmm. their spouses, they're, you know, they've got all these things going on. And I, I think it was probably about 10 years ago for me that um, I was just exhausted all the time. And I just, I felt like, um, well, I didn't feel like it I was at the point where my kids were basically the, what woke me up in the morning. And you know, and I just, I just felt this nudge that I needed to get up an hour early. And that just sounded awful because I wasn't somebody who was necessarily waking up at five <laughs> on the right. clock, <laughs> you know, right. and yet that transformed my life. When I started wor- waking up an hour earlier than everybody else did and being able to meditate and then for me going through my Bible study and then getting my goals set because I have a daily goal book. It's called the best life or the mm-hmm. best self book. It's a 91 day, um, it sets intention to your day and, and your week. And, and so then I go through that and then I would go for a run or go to the gym. And so by the time I got home at seven o'clock in the morning, my kids are just dressed and ready to start eating breakfast. And I've already got a solid two hours in for me, yeah, preparing myself there's some da- for there's everything some, else. Yeah, there's some data around that too, and I, I don't have all the stats in front of me, but there are stats about this that you know if you wake up for um, an hour an hour earlier each day for a year that you gain back something like seven years of work. Oh my gosh! Because because it is um, it. just like you were saying, compounding effect, right? It has a compounding effect on it. Yeah. And um, so if you want your business to accelerate, you got to get up earlier. That's yeah, because is, yeah. everything starts to get in the way. I mean, it just does. I mean, uh-huh. kids and distractions. Mm-hmm. And so I've physically taken care of myself. I've mentally taken care of myself. I've spiritually taken care of myself. Mm-hmm. I've done all of those things prior to my husband and my kids getting up. And, and I've already set my intention of the three most important things that I need to get done today to feel like I've had a successful day because they are the important ones. Right. And got those at least mm-hmm. established. So then when I start getting inundated with emails and, you know, employees and all this kind of stuff, I can still come back to, wait a second, what was the most important thing I had set for my day? Right. And come back to that and then be able to to determine that those things are still not as important. Of course, occasionally you do get things that are more important, but, but a lot of times they're not, they're just distractions. And if you want to be really, I mean, truly be able to go to that next level of success in whatever area, whether it's marriage or kids, or you've got to be able to get yourself cared for first because an unhappy, stressed out, overworked, um, unhealthy physically person cannot optimally function. 
And so you get that right. handled first. And then it's just amazing how the world around you will just kind of continue to navigate its space to fit into what it is that you need it to do versus you fit it, trying to fit yourself into everybody else's space. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really, really appreciate it. I'm glad we got that in. I'm glad Yay. we got that in. Um, yeah, absolutely. So if someone wants to get a hold of you, what is the best way for them to get a hold of you? And just know that we'll be putting the show notes. We'll, we're at, whatever you say, we'll put in a link in the show notes as well. Sure, sure. So what's yeah, so the, the best, best way? Yeah, the best way would just be to go to our website at Becker, BeckerRetirement.com. And we have all of our events up there throughout the year. Um, they're literally all the way through December already up there. And any speaking oh, engagements and things of that nature. So um, you can always check it out there. And as I said, I'm, as you mentioned, I'm super excited. My book, um, I'm about two-thirds of the way done with it. This one specifically, women's and finance. But, um, but in a, uh, it's basically told in, in the manner of a story because that's really how I speak from stage. So it's very, mm-hmm. a lot of very raw things that have occurred in my life that have led me down to this path of really wanting to empower women and help them understand the area in which a lot of us are trying to avoid because it seems boring. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and just so that everybody knows, there's not there there's sort of a light name going on right now, but it's not finalized. So just keep looking, uh, you know, keep going to Amazon and looking for Arwen Becker and you'll find her book when it finally has its name and gets out there. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah. And sometimes that happens, you know, it happened with me with my book, but it the name changed so many times and by the time it went, it got out, you know, it wasn't the name that I set out, you know, for it to be and sure. it just happens. You know, yep. it just yep. happens so. organically. Well, again, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time today. Um, it's been a pleasure for me. I've learned a, a great deal, and I always do, and I and I love that. And I, um, you know, can't wait to have you. I, I hope that you're going to be on the East Coast at some point, and I'll have to go on the website and look at the events and stuff because I will be having um, a two or three day um, workshop sometime this year, and I and I would love to have you come out and um, you. share your story on the stage. You know, thank and you be very one of the speakers. So. All right. Well, it sounds good. And again, everybody, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I hope that you're enjoying the, uh, the new name of the podcast, Stop Talking, Take Action, Get Results, because that's what I'm usually telling you is, okay, what's the next action? So today, the next action is go buy some of David Bach's books and hand them out to people. Go to um, BeckerRetirement.com. And find out when, when Arwen's speaking or if she has events that you could go to or maybe she has some live webinar things that you could attend and get yourself, you know, continue to grow yourself in that manner and bring people as a gift to them. It's the best gift you could ever give to someone is have it and say, hey, do you want to go with the, to me to a seminar that will change your life? So those are your action items for you to do. So stop talking, take action so you can get results and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Stop Talking, Take Action, Get Results. Can't get enough and want more? Visit jenduplessis.com to book Jen to speak at your event or company or learn about her coaching programs. You can schedule your private strategy session with Jen by texting STRATEGY to 66866. If you want to multiply your results in record time while working less and having a life, contact Jen today. Thanks again and be sure to tune in next week.